the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bible tells us that at the crucifixion of Christ, a darkness descended over the land. That's because the light of the world was being extinguished. Join us today as Pastor Rander describes how life without Jesus Christ is a life filled with darkness in this message, Christ is life and light. He'll be speaking from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. You think too high of yourself and to think you are better than others. That's that's. That's nasty, ugly pride. Satan fell out of heaven because of pride. That's how bad it is. You know what pride is? Uh, to, it's to treat others as inferior or beneath you and even look, you even look down on them because they're not where you are. They're less than you above. They're beneath you. That's why some of you can't do certain ministries because certain ministries are beneath you. You see? So, I mean, we got to watch that pride. You want the upfront ministry. Romans 12, 3a says, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Let me tell you something. Let me, let me deflate you right now. And me too. And everybody else in here. So I'm talking about me and everybody. Say me. Me. You ain't all that. Excuse the English, it's bad, but you get the point. You, you ain't all that. Humble yourself. If you don't humble yourself, God will hu- humiliate you. A prideful person will not value the remarks of others. They will also arrogantly think that they know it all and that they're always right. And listen to this. What makes pride so deadly is that you can be full of it and not even know it. That's what makes it... Oh. You can be full of it and not even know it. It's killing you. It's choking the spiritual life out of you. It will also keep you from yielding and surrendering your life to Christ. Beloved, the height of pride is for Satan to deceive you into thinking that you are self-sufficient apart from Christ, which will bring about your own spiritual demise and your head is straight to hell. That's what Satan wants you to do with your pride. Nothing wrong with me. I don't have to go down to that church. It don't take all that. I'm all right just like I am. I'm my own God. And you go straight to the pits of hell. You see, I say it again for some of you who really need to hear it. The height of pride is for Satan to deceive you into thinking that you are self-sufficient apart from Christ, which will bring about your own spiritual demise. Number six, the love of money diminishes the light of Christ within us. The love of money. It'll cause the light of Christ not to shine brightly through you. First Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money 
uh, it says the love, not money now. It says what? Underline The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Beloved, money in and of itself is not evil. It's nothing wrong with having money. Okay? Money in and of itself is not evil. But the love of money is idolatry. Is idolatry. The love of money keeps you from pursuing God and his will first. The, the, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. People will gamble to get more money. Still get more money. Steal from their own mama to get more money. Do drugs to get more money. Whatever. It, it causes saints to stray from the faith and become greedy to the point that they cannot have enough of it and they will do anything to get it because they love it. When you love money, you will do anything to get it, get it, including robbing God. You see? It causes saints to stray from the faith and become greedy to the point that they cannot have enough of it and will do anything to get it, which results in unnecessary woes and sorrows. Many saints, many saints are unable to give tithes because of yielding to the lure and enticement of commercialism to the point where they have nothing left to offer God in his house. They come into the house of God empty-handed, causing them to lose their spiritual blessings. Exodus 34:20b says, and none shall appear before me empty-handed. And none shall appear before me empty-handed. If you love money, the results will be. Listen, this is why you shouldn't love it. Some you can't have a you, you got more you stockpiling. Now you ought to save. All right? But don't be afraid to spend wisely under the guidance of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Some of you won't spend a dime. You're going to die and your kids are going to mess it all up. Or the government's going to get it. You better spend some of it. You better take a cruise. You better go somewhere. Do something. All right? There's nothing wrong with spending and enjoying. But, but the other side is to be addicted to spending to the point that you can't save anything. You're habitually, perpetually, eternally broke. You're not satisfied until your credit cards ran up. Interest rates all over the place. You live from paycheck to paycheck. You sweating it. Oh, look at the amen. Where did they go? Where did they go? And it's bad when you get old and broke. Don't have nothing. Don't even have nothing to lay up for your children nor your grandchildren. If you love money, the results will be the loss of rep- loss of family, the loss of reputation, the loss of your character, even the loss of your freedom. You're in spiritual bondage. Some people are in prison. They are they are they are locked up because they have stolen a connive because of the love of money and have become enslaved by it. Beloved, we give a, we give to a gracious God because everything in our possessions belongs to God and come from God. That's why you give to God because everything you have belongs to whom? And comes from 
and you're giving an acknowledgement that he owns it all and you're so grateful to you going to give him the first part. First Corinthians 4, 7, 8 says, this is one of my favorite verses on giving. I love this verse. Please write it down. First Corinthians 4, 7. It says, and what do you have that you did not receive? What did you have that you, what do you have that God didn't give you? Huh? Everything you have, God gave you. The water, the grass, the dog, the glasses, everything, the children, the grandchildren, the oxygen, the gravity. When last time you dropped something and picked it up and said, Lord, thank you for gravity. Everything belongs to God. And what do you have that you did not receive? And yet God owns it all and you hoard it and say, it's mine. And you don't release that which belongs to him to your own spiritual detriment. Number seven, uh, what keeps your light, the light of Christ from shining brightly? Not only the love of money, but a spirit of anger will keep your light from shining brightly. Let your light so shine, but it cannot shine in a spirit of anger. Ephesians 4.26 says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. If anger is left unchecked, it can become excessive and uncontrolled. And some of you have been angry too long. And some of you are always angry. You go off at a moment, you go off on your wife, you go off on your children, you're snappy, you talk mean, you give a compliment and it's a backhanded compliment. I mean, you're ugly with your talk. You see, it can become excessive and uncontrolled. And and if you don't deal with your anger, it leads to bitterness, anger leads to resentment, Anger leads to hostility, domestic abuse. You will abuse your children, your wife, your husband. You abuse your parents when you're angry. Uh, uh, If you don't deal with your anger, there will be an urge to get even. There will be inner turmoil, which results in a loss of tranquility and peace of heart. Therefore, do not take everything as a personal issue against you. He must be talking about me. Somebody who told him. God knows your business. God knows your business. I just preach the word. Wherever the word goes, praise God. Therefore, do not take everything as a personal issue against you. My friend, the longer you allow anger to fester in your life, you become a prime target to be exploited by Satan. And there's nothing like an angry daddy. Where the children and the wife is scared of him. His wrath falls on everybody. Boom! Every day it's another explosion about something. Where's the food, woman? Well, why didn't you get in there and cook? Christians sing a song titled, This Little Light of Mine, to indicate that we have a part in salvation offered by Jesus and a responsibility to display the light and life he offers. Listening today as Pastor Render continues to explain the significant part the second person in the Godhead plays giving and sustaining life in this message, Christ is life and light. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. Then there's some women who are angry. They out talk to men and they say a thousand words before the man, before the man can say, I was sick today. Huh? She, I mean, she go off and she go off and she go off 
And she's out of control because she's a mad woman. That was a movie about, wasn't that a movie about a diary of a mad, some kind of woman or something? Somebody, y'all watch TV. <laughs> Listen, confess the sin of anger regularly and allow the Holy Spirit to control your thoughts the Holy Spirit to control your words, your motive, your attitude, and your actions. God is glorified through possessing the peace of Christ and contentment in him. The light of Christ cannot be seen when one has a spirit of anger. When you're always mad, nothing worse than an angry preacher who used a pulpit to bully his people, to come down hard on his people. I mean, he has a wrath. He calls people out. He embarrasses pe- a man before his family and all of those things. People are hurting enough. And the worst thing they can hear is a preacher who's insensitive, who's hard and callous and don't even care. An angry preacher has no business in the pulpit. The light of Christ cannot be seen when one has a spirit of anger. Embrace Christ, who is the Prince of Peace, and he alone will bring spiritual rest and peace of mind. And some of you are under my voice. You've been angry too long, and you need to surrender that anger to Jesus. You need to tell God, I've been angry. Some of you, the older you get, the more angry you are. You get angry because you because of a lack of progress. Some of you get angry because you don't see... Uh, any progress. Some of you get angry because you brought the wrong car. <laughs> well, you should have listened to God. Now it's breaking. You spent too much money on this. Learn. Let me tell you something. When you make a mistake, own up to it and learn from that lesson. Now, now mistakes aren't bad as long as you learn from them. Now, when you make that mistake again and again and again, then that makes a fool out of you. Embrace Christ, who is the Prince of Peace, and he alone will bring spiritual rest and peace of mind. Number eight, we're almost done. You know what else will cloud the light of Christ? Spiritual regression will cause, you, cause the light of Christ not to shine brightly through you. Hosea eleven seven says, my people are bent on backsliding. Look, my people are bent on, on backsliding from me. Though they call to the Most High, none at all exalt me. A life that is backslidden and is in spiritual regression can drift so far away from the Lord, relapsing into the muck and mire of sin until the light of Christ cannot be seen in that person's life. Therefore, you need to repent and allow God to purify your life in order to shine brightly for Christ. You cannot shine for Christ in a backslidden condition. You, you, you say, well, how did... How do you know, Pastor, how do you know when you're backslidden? It's because when you say everything you do for Christ is in the past tense. I used to sing in a choir. I used to go to the church. I used to be a greeter. I used to be a usher. I used to be in a tutorial ministry. I used to be in a parking lot ministry. Used to, used to, used to, used to, used to equals backslidden spiritual regression. And God says, that's back then. I want to know what are you doing for me now? 
Now, uh, number nine, another thing is fear. Fear keeps us from shining brightly. Psalms 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Joshua 1, 9 says, have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. My friends, let me give you God's prescription for those who are struggling with fear. If, if you put your eyes on this stuff around you, you will get afraid. When you look at terrorism, when you look at ISIS, when you look at road rage, stop honking at these people. You don't know who you honking at. Don't blow your horn. Be very slow. If at all to blow, let that fool go. Okay. You don't know who you blowing at. You blow one time and they blow you away. They don't care. Listen, this is a dangerous world. Your, you scared, your children go to school, you're scared that they may not come back home. You, you, if they go to a party, you, you, somebody going to touch them inappropriately. Uh, then you, are you scared your husband going to commit adultery? Are you scared of this? Are you scared of that? You, I'm not going to fly. The plane's going to fall. Well, it's just as dangerous or more even to drive. God, let me give you God's prescription for those who are struggling with fear. Let me give you, this is three, and you need them and activate them. Please, in the name of Jesus. A, as we continue to seek the Lord and hear from him, we will not be afraid. As we continue to seek the Lord and hear from him, we will not be afraid. Psalms 34, 4 says, I saw the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. B, our courage will increase when we are strong in the Lord. Our courage will increase when we are strong in the Lord. The stronger you are spiritually, the less afraid you will be. The weaker you are spiritually, the more afraid you will be. Ephesians 16 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Our spiritual strength does not come from our intellect. Our spiritual strength does not come from physical abilities, popularity, influence, or status. It is the word of God, the spirit of God, and prayer that strengthens us and gives us courage when so many are living in fear. So ask God to increase your time with him and you spend more time with him. Okay? Be strong in the Lord. And see, we will not fear when we have the assurance of God's presence with us. We will not fear when we have the assurance of God's presence with us. Joshua 1, 9b. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9 the B section of that verse. It says, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's personalize it. Let's say it together. For the Lord my God is with me wherever I go. Again, let's say it. For the Lord my God is with me wherever I go. Say it again. For the Lord my God is with me wherever I go. Now you can't live like the devil and expect the Lord to be with you. Not reading your Bible, not praying, being foolish, slipping and sliding all over the place. 
when you have the assurance, listen, the moment that, listen at this, the moment that you forget the assurance of God's presence with you is the moment you began to fear and faint and be afraid. And all of us are subject to that. We're all human. We're all subject to that. Number 10, finally, but not the least. We cannot shine brightly for Christ if we are not giving the Lord our best. We cannot shine brightly for Christ if we're not giving the Lord our what? Our best. Ecclesiastes 9, chapter 9, verse 10, A says, Whatever your hands finds to do, do it with all your might. Listen closely. I want you to hear me closely as I speak from God. What keeps believers from serving God to the maximum of their potential is the spirit of mediocrity. What keeps believers from serving God to the maximum of their potential is a spirit of mediocrity. There are saints who will not steal. There are saints under my voice who will not backbite. There are saints who will not slander. They don't hate anybody. They will not lose control of themselves. However, if Satan can use mediocrity to keep you from giving your best effort for Christ, then he has defeated you in a subtle way. Well, he says, I know you don't gossip. I know you don't slander. I know you don't gamble. I know you don't steal. I know you're not a drunkard. I'll just keep you apathetic and mediocre and from giving God your best. And then Satan has subtly duped you and you don't even have a clue. My friend, passivity, apathy, and mediocrity. Mediocrity. Say it with me. Passivity, apathy, and mediocrity. Say it again. Passivity, apathy, and mediocrity. Say it again. A little bit louder. Passivity, apathy, Thank you. Will smother the light of Christ in you. It will smother the light of Christ with you. Signs of mediocrity. You say, well, how do I know if I'm mediocre? Let me, let me tell you how, let, let me give you some examples. High absenteeism, an inability to be on time and then follow through, a lack of preparation, loss of, of enthusiasm and passion. You know, you're, you know you're a mediocre when you're doing just enough to get by, just enough to keep your name on the membership roll. You know you're apathetic when you make commitments you don't keep and not serving the Lord with a grateful spirit. I mean, grateful that you have an opportunity to serve the Lord. When you have a grateful heart, the Lord regulates your thinking and you will hear him more clearly. You really want to hear God? You really want to hear God like you've never heard him before? Then ask God to give you an attitude of gratitude. And when you are thankful from the depths of your heart, you will hear God in a way you never heard him before. And you'll hear him more clearly. The scripture says in Ecclesiastes 9, 10, 8, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. In conclusion, my friend, it's time for those who are in the dark to come out of the dark now. 
You know what darkness represents? In case you forgot, darkness represents wickedness. It, it represents, it represents willful ignorance. Darkness represents ungodliness. Godless rep, uh, darkness represents immorality. Darkness represents spiritual blindness. Come out of the darkness. And the only way you can get out of spiritual darkness is to come to Jesus Christ alone. He, my friends, he, he, Jesus Christ alone is the only one who can bring light into a life that is enveloped in spiritual darkness. I say it again. He is the only one. Christ is the only one who can bring light into a life enveloped in spiritual darkness. Christ is the personification of light. I say it again. Christ is the personification of light. He is perfect in knowledge, perfect in holiness, perfect in truth. When you receive Christ into your heart and study his word, the Lord will bring into your life spiritual illumination and spiritual enlightenment to the glory of God. And all God's children said, amen. Praise God. Let's pray. Let's pray. And Father, we thank you for this message. We thank you, Father, for what we received. Father, we realize we're in a dark, dismal world. We see evil all around us. As a matter of fact, Lord, we, we know that this world is enveloped in darkness. And the only way out is through Jesus who is the light of the world. You need to be the lamp, the light. You need to illuminate our lives, enlighten our minds, transform us so that when people look at us, they don't see Rander. They see the finest of representative of Jesus Christ. We pray this in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning into this program from Maranatha Bible Church Broadcast Ministry. This broadcast is supported in part by your generous financial contributions and we invite you to partner with us in spreading this important word throughout our local community and the world. If the Lord spoke to you in this message, let us know. Call us at 210-821-5683. Even better, come and visit us at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. If you'd like to order today's message, visit our website at www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio and video messages. You can also find service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much, much more. Tune in next week as Pastor Draper continues to teach us from the Word of God. Thank you for joining us today, and may the Lord's blessings be upon you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.